0: We have been on a journey, a wilderness journey for the last seven weeks, and we've ventured down a lot of paths, path of knowledge, path of challenge, path of dependence, path of doubt. Do you remember that? I believe. Help me with my unbelief. And now we come to the end of that road. Actually, it's not really an end, it's a beginning. It's a new beginning because this is the path of hope, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The reason why we gather here today on this Sunday morning because we are a resurrection people and in that there is hope, hope in our lives in this life, in this world, and hope for the next. I wonder if you would join me this day as we go to the end of the New Testament. We're going to go to 1 Peter, the very first chapter. We're going to go to the third verse. You may follow along on the screen. You may follow along in your Bibles. But I want you to hear this letter and these words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, one of my favorite authors is Tim Keller. He's a wonderful pastor. He's a wonderful writer. And he's written a book called The Reason for God. And in it, he writes these things, and I think they apply to this path of hope that I'm talking about on this Resurrection Sunday. Because there must be a reason that we're gathered here, a reason that we couldn't be doing something else instead. And there may be some of you seated out there that are going, geez, I wish I was doing something else. Tim Keller writes these words, If Jesus rose from the dead, then you must accept everything that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, why are you worried about anything that he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching or whether or not you like the personality of Jesus, or whether or not you like His Word in the Holy Scripture, everything hangs on one thing. That is whether or not He rose from the dead. That's why I love to start this service, especially on Easter. He is risen. He has risen indeed. Because that's the hope that we have. There's no other reason that we're here, folks, None whatsoever. And in knowing that he is risen, it should change us all. It should change our lives and the lives that we touch. And if it doesn't, shame on us. Shame on us. Easter, without question, is the greatest historical moment in all of history. Matter of fact, when you write down this year, you write 2019. That's 2019 from what? What's that 2019 from? Jesus Christ. The fact that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive, every time you write that figure down, you're celebrating. But we still have to ask a question, why is Easter so special? Why do some two billion people around this globe celebrate this Easter day? That's because in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are shown that Christ is indeed the Son of God because only the Son of God could be raised from the dead. Only the Son of God could be raised from the dead. It might be difficult to understand, it might be difficult to believe, but that's the truth. Only the Son of God can be raised from the dead. But still, the question rings in our postmodern society Jesus is alive. So what? So what? And if you believe that, if you think that, maybe you need to go back to the third verse here that I just read. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, because He's caused us to be born again, to be living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we have living hope, that we can face tomorrow. That's not just a song we sing. That's something we should be living into. It's not about, I hope I win the lottery, or I hope I play shortstop for the New York Yankees, or I hope I get to date Miss America next week. That's nothing more than wishful thinking. I'm talking about dynamic, evolving, real hope. Someone once said that uh, you uh, you can last 40 days, I think it is, 40 days without food, four days without water. Four minutes without air, but you can't last one second without hope. Not one second. And Easter gives us that hope. That's what Easter faith is all about. And I would hope that's why you're here. Not because you've been dragged here, or not because you didn't have anything to do today. Because I could think of about two dozen things you could do today. But there's nothing more important than coming here and finding that living hope that is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're talking about hope that never dies because Christ has overcome death. I'm reminded of the second grade teacher who asked her class, give me a definition of hope. little boy in the back raised his hand and said, hope is wishing for something that you know ain't going to happen. Hope is wishing for something that you know ain't going to happen. That's not why you're here. That's not the hope we believe in because this is a dynamic, evolving hope. And you have that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are born anew to this living hope. That's the message of Easter. That's why we should be here. And it's a message that we should sing about and talk about and dance about and share, especially to the cynical world out there. The cynical world who probably doesn't want to hear it, but it's the truth nonetheless. And if we are believers in Jesus Christ, we should be out there sharing it with them. With joy in our hearts. There's no other reason. Don't keep it to yourself. It's been said that hope is the oxygen of the soul. It's what keeps the soul alive. And we are creatures of hope. I think all of you would agree with that. We are creatures of hope, and it's the message of Easter, the risen Christ, through the resurrection that gives us the very substance of hope, something that we can hold on to, something that we can depend upon, something that we can live for. It's not a bunch of words. It's not a fairy tale. It's a substance, and it's extremely real. Reverend Joe Poole used to be the pastor of First United Methodist Church in Dallas. And he shared a story about hope. When he was really little, he was diagnosed with tuberculosis. And back when he was really little, there was not much you could do about tuberculosis. So the prognosis wasn't very good for Joe. And so those who gathered around him gave Joe kind of whatever they needed. You know, he was kind of confined to the bed, kind of confined to his room most of the time. So they gave him whatever he wanted, tried to make him comfortable. And on his ninth birthday, he celebrated his birthday and he was in the bed once again and he got these presents. The kind of presents that you would give somebody who is bed bound. You know, a book, a couple of pairs of socks, some ice cream, cake. That is until Uncle Bob came. Uncle Bob was the cantankerous one. Uncle Bob was the one that always had a slight smell of gin. And Uncle Bob came to the birthday party. And Uncle Bob comes through the front door and says, where's my buddy Joey? Well, there he is. Goes over and sits on the canvas cot next to Joey. Says, happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Here's your birthday present. Joey opens the birthday present and then just starts to cry. Cry. His Father comes over and says, Bob, you're so insensitive. You're a fool. Look what you've done. You haven't even considered anything about Joey. And little Joey started crying even more. But it wasn't tears of sorrow. It was tears of joy. Tears of joy because in the box, Bobby had placed a real gift, a pair of ball-bearing roller skates. It's the kind of gift you give to a kid that has something to live for that someday is going to get out of that bed who's going to use those ball-bearing roller skates. Joe said, boy, that was hope. Everybody else just thought I was going to lay in that bed and die. But Uncle Bobby, he gave me those roller skates, and I just knew I was going to live, and I was going to use those roller skates. The resurrection The empty tomb, folks, those are our ball-bearing roller skates. Those are the things that give us the hope that, no, we're going to live, not just in this world, but in the next. It gives us hope that we're going to make it and that we have a life worth living in him. Let me tell you two very important things about the resurrection, two very important things that you need to know. Number one, God does for us what we are unable to do for ourselves. God does for us what we're unable to do for ourselves. And two, God does for us what others can't do for us. give you an idea. If you go to the Gospel of John, there's another resurrection story there. Some of you are familiar with it. You know how the disciples were so afraid, they gathered together, they huddled together in the room. They didn't want to answer the door. They were afraid the Roman authorities were going to track them down, going to kill them, going to crucify them, just like Jesus. And what happens? What happens? Jesus enters anyway. He shows up in the middle of the room, just like that. I like that. He just stops. He, he does, he's not stopped by doors of fear or doors of weakness or guilt or despair. He just does what he wants to do, and he shows up. I think there's significance in that when we say Christ is risen today because he shows up wherever he needs to show up. He passes through walls at his own will, passes through doors without ever unlocking them. Think about that powerful image in your own life. You and I lock ourselves in sometimes. We lock ourselves away, and we think we're safe and sound, and nobody can get to us. But that doesn't mean we lock Christ out. Maybe you have a trouble in your marriage that you don't want anybody to know about, but you're not locking Christ out of that. Maybe you got a trouble at your job that you don't want anybody to know about, but you're not locking Christ out of that. Maybe you got a trouble in your bank account that you don't want anybody to know about, But you're not locking Christ out of that either because he's going to show up wherever he has to, whenever he has to. Maybe you've got a family crisis you'd like to keep to yourself, but you're not going to lock Christ out because he's going to show up. Maybe we have unanswered questions, but Christ is going to enter into our lives anyway. Christ moves through whatever walls we build, whatever doors we close, whatever blinds we draw. That's the power of Christ because Christ does for us what we are unable to do for ourselves. And Christ also does for us what others cannot do for us. How many of you know about John Irving? He's an American novelist, screenwriter, written several number one novels. He wrote uh, The Word According to Garp, The World According to Garp, and The Cider House Rules. But his book, The Hotel New Hampshire, is a book that I wanted to talk about Because in it, it talks about a family that is trying to minister to a young lady who has been raped. And she locks herself in the bathroom. She doesn't want to see anybody. She doesn't want to be around anybody. And her father finally comes upstairs, knocks on the door and says, Sweetheart, what is it I can do for you? And the girl behind the closed door says, Just go out and get me yesterday and most of today. That's all I want. Just go out and get me yesterday and most of today, and I'll be all right. The Father can't do that. Of course not. But Jesus can. Jesus can. Jesus can't give you that physically. But he can certainly forgive you of all the sins of yesterday. He can certainly heal you of all the pain from yesterday. He can certainly restore the energy that you have wasted from yesterday. He can certainly restore the relationships that you have flushed down the tubes from yesterday. He can give you yesterday if you will but allow him. Christ does for us what others cannot do for us and what we cannot do for ourselves. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us a substance of hope, a dynamic hope that we need to live into, that we need to embrace and take as our own. The great mercy of God has given us Christ, not once in birth, not twice in resurrection, but forever and ever, every day of our lives. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Easter. But folks, there's another 364 days that Christ is with us and his hope marches along with us. Our lives should be filled with a lot more than midnight services at Christmas and Easter morning Sundays. Because Christ is present in it all and His living hope is present there as well. In verse 8, Peter says these things, Without having seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with unutterable and exalted joy. You see that? Do you look at that closely? Everything... Is not going to be all right tomorrow. But tomorrow is going to be all right. Let me say that again. Everything is not gonna be all right tomorrow. But tomorrow is gonna to be all right. And you know why? Because Jesus Christ is there. Jesus Christ is already there, helping us along. None of us walk the earth with Jesus. We didn't experience them like Andrew and John. We didn't find them on the road like Paul did to Damascus. We didn't find them at the tomb like Mary and the other women. But we have this enduring faith in Jesus Christ, this outcome for the salvation of our souls that he's there and that we live into that hope. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think we're the kind of people that buy a pig in a poke, are we? Are you the kind of people that buy a pig and a poke? Most of you are going like, what's a pig and what's a poke? Would you buy a car without ever driving the car? I don't think so. Would you move to uh, Chicago without ever going and seeing the house or the apartment or the townhome? I don't think so. Would you marry somebody without ever meeting them or seeing them? I don't think so I don't think so and yet we put our living hope into someone we have never seen we put our complete trust in the notion that this man Jesus Christ died on a cross for our sins that God forgave us for all of our sins through him and by him Jesus Jesus gives us living hope and our lives should be lived in a different fashion we should never lose hope for tomorrow but because we're, co- we're, caused, we're called to live into that hope and to make a difference in this world. That's why at the very beginning I say when, when Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. I hope you don't just keep that here in the sanctuary. I hope you use it out there. People may look at you funny. Truth is still the truth. Witness to Jesus Christ. Testify to Jesus Christ because he gives you the living hope that you desperately need. A young soldier lost his legs in battle, and something died within the young man when he lost his legs, because he knew he would never walk again. He lay in the hospital bed, staring blankly at the wall, not wanting to have anything to do with the doctors or the nurses or the attendants. He just wanted to be left alone. And one day, another inmate of the hospital strolled by and sat down on a chair near him. And he he drew out a harmonica out of his pocket, and he began to play softly. And the young man from the bed looked at him for a while and then just stared away, looked at the ceiling. He didn't want anything more to do with him. And the next day, the guy with the harmonica came again, sat down in the chair there by the bed, and he played. And this went on for several days. They didn't really say anything to it until one day, the young man who played the harmonica says, does my playing annoy you? And the young man said, no, I, I kind of like it. He said, well, that's good. That's good. And then one day he came by and he, he played a, a sprightly, joyful little tune on that harmonica. Why, he even began to tap dance. Not that I can tap dance or I end up right down these stairs. But he was joyful. And the soldier looked at him, apparently unoppressed, And the other man said, hey, why don't you smile every once in a while? Let the world know you're alive even though you're in that bed. And the legless soldier tell him, well, I might as well be dead because I'm fixed in this bed and my life is never going to have to change. So I'm dead. And the young man with the harmonica said, well, you know, I have a friend. I have a friend 2,000 years ago. They crucified him. Man, he was dead as a doornail. But you know, that worked out pretty well. The young man in the bed said, oh, that's easy for you to preach. But if you were in my fix, if you were in this bed without legs, you'd be singing a different tune. And the young man with the harmonica said, oh, really? Really? He lifted his pants legs, and there were two artificial legs. He found his hope in Jesus Christ. He was determined that his life was not going to go down the tubes. Legs or no legs, he was going to live into the hope of Christ. And hopefully he inspired that same young man to get out of that bed and live into the hope of Christ. You know, sometimes I wonder, we moan and groan and complain an awful lot. Maybe you've moaned and groaned this morning. I don't know. But I wonder if we had the opportunity to moan and groan to Jesus Christ. Just bellyache. Can you imagine being in the same room, bellyaching to Jesus about everything you're going through? The pain that you're feeling? The suffering you're going through? All I can envision is that Jesus would smile and then reach out, and the first thing you would see would be what? Nail-scarred hands. Don't tell me you got it any worse than Jesus. Any of you been crucified recently? Any of you hung on a cross recently? He did. And then he overcame the greatest unknown there is, and that's death. And in so doing, the substance of his resurrection, he gives us hope. Hope to live this life. Hope to live into tomorrow. You know, Christian hope isn't about keeping the world the way it is or keeping the world the way we think it should be or should have been. It's about going out and changing the world for Christ. Not keeping the light within ourselves, not keeping the hope buried within ourselves, but going outside those doors and glorifying Jesus to let your hope shine through. It's the hope that you are given, and it's the hope that he's expecting you to use. I know everything's not going to be done. I know it's not going to be perfect tomorrow. But if we continue to live in hope, if we continue to try, things will change. I know it's easy for me to say that, especially when you hear reports like out of Sri Lanka, where at least 200 have died this morning, if not more some of them worshiping in service, as Sean told you, just like this. Boy, I tell you, if this world needs something more than the hope of Jesus Christ, I don't know what it is. We need a living hope. We've got it in Christ, but once we've got it, we've got to do something with it. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Are you willing to be changed in these days after Easter? Are you going to let this day go by and just kind of die with the lilies and the tulips? Are you going to be changed? Are you going to be different? Are you going to use this living hope to do something for the kingdom of God? Life's never going to be perfect, folks. But the greatest gift we have this Easter is the hope that we are given in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. So, my only question to you this day as I close is what are you going to do with it? Are you going to squander it? Or are you going to use it? Are you going to keep questioning it? Or are you going to embrace it? Are you going to live in the darkness that is this world? Or are you going to live in the light? of an empty tomb. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Now what are you going to do about it? Would you bow your heads with me, please?